to mm. say that everywhere we look, there's some, something's jumping out with us like yeah. that. I believe God is maybe calling someone here today even, and maybe several, to just become that person to slip out uh, and in an appropriate way now. This is very important. Like, like mm-hmm. Daniel Suleiman in his wonderful article in Christianity Today here about a week ago, uh, he was talking about, in fact, the title went something like, no celebrities, it's about Jesus. That's and, right. and, they, and, and those who were responsible, the responsible people there at the college in Kentucky, at the university there, began to realize very quickly that there had to be some, some uh, discernment mm-hmm. because a lot of people then started to show up wanting to take advantage of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul and Barnabas ran into this, yeah. uh, you know, with those that were wanting to get in on the action, so to speak, get in on what the Holy Spirit was doing. And likewise, they had to turn away some, quote, celebrities and, and some preachers yeah. and some other notable people that were coming to add to the event. Well, it's a matter of, you know, what, what is God wanting to do? That's right. That's the powerful thing. You know. And they've been finding that in particular they had to start limiting to mostly the students mm-hmm. and the young people because they came with seeking hearts. Now come to find out there were some contemporary and otherwise some singers and speakers and all that just slipped in. They weren't there to, to present their credentials or their name or their ministry. They just slipped in as part of the group worshiping. Many of them found themselves at the altar like the rest, praying and weeping. Mm-hmm. And, and they did not pose a threat to, to the, you know, and they did not have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and Lord knows the last thing we need is any more denominational or evangelical or whatever, ecclesiastical agendas. We need Jesus. We need to know <laughs> what God wants to done. And the thing about it is, just like you go all the way back to the fifth chapter of John when he was in that encounter with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, we, you know, she declared what she knew of as far as her faith. Well, we know that the Lord's going to send his Messiah one day. And then then Jesus, and she said, and when he comes, he's going to declare all things. Yep. John chapter 5, right? I think it's about verse 23, 24. He's going to declare all things. So she had enough wherewithal and knowledge to know that God, when Shiloh comes, when that one who's declared all the way through the scriptures under various names, that line of the tribe of Judah, that prophet who is to come, that one who fulfills all things, all in all, that's the Christ, the mm-hmm. anointed one of God. He will declare all things. That's why I'm saying that's got to be one of your witnesses, dear friend. Yes. And it's not making up something for Jesus to say, and you don't put words in the mouth. Uh, by the way, let me just say, don't you dare. Uh, beware. There's restrictions in the Word of God about things like that. We don't add to or take away from the Word, whether it's the Rhema or the Logos of God. That's right. Yeah. He's the living Word, <laughs> and His His Word has been settled in the heavens, and so for all eternity, praise God. So <laughs> the the whole thing is, if God is is God speaking yeah. to your heart, you need to make a decision, make it public, then do so at the appropriate time. The pastor mm-hmm. opens up the floor for an invitation or a time to come for prayer or whatever. You slip out and you very respectfully find yourself on your knees. I grew up in a day, son, I grew up a day, and I can remember in, in a church in northwest Florida where we were. My father was stationed in the military there, your, your papa stationed in the military there, and we were in a small church there. And, and it, was, it was a common thing to see many women at the altar 
-hmm. praying and some needing a word with the pastor some sharing decisions that were on their heart to Mm -hmm. make ultimately i was one of those as a young boy they are making a a profession of faith in jesus christ as my savior and following in believers baptism i'll never forget that day and i'm thankful for that and that was the appropriate thing to do but i also can remember there were some special times when the holy spirit would move in such a way and what impressed me is particularly the men and i would see men of the church sometimes all they would do is just slip out from their pew and just slip to their knees Mm -hmm. where they had been sitting and begin to pray. I've seen men weeping Mm -hmm. over things that were in their heart. They were not obtrusive, didn't miss a word the pastor was saying, Mm -hmm. the music was playing, whatever else needed to be uh, doing and happening was going on. But Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit was moving in the lives of people. And, you know, that's the important thing, doing what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. I know your own pastor, Pastor Bill, has been doing some things about the work of the Holy Spirit. And he and I, in concert, are going to be, for those of you that are prayers, pray for us, because in in a matter of just about two and a half weeks, we're going to be in Central America encouraging pastors and talking about the certainty of God's Word and the moving of God's Holy Spirit. Yes. And that's a powerful thing. And we got to encourage each other. Like the Old Testament says, like iron sharpening iron. We have got to be encouraging one another. I'm trying to encourage you today. Because as God woke me up the other Tuesday on the 21st of February, I woke up, I came out of my sleep with this just impending urgency. And and I came out with the words, write it down. That's what I I came to... I came to consciousness, so to speak, came out of sleep with the words, write it down, write it down. And before I could leave my bedroom, I had to grab up a pad and pen that I had that I keep handy because I've realized that sometimes in the middle of the night, the Lord will begin to speak to me and I, I need something handy because sometimes, you know, sometimes age creeps up on us and whatever. We may not remember the next morning. And uh, Maybe you've done that. I know I've done it uh, too much that uh, sometimes say, well, I'll, I'll get back to that in the morning, or I'll write that down in the morning. No, and, and it doesn't come. It doesn't come right. sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it will, but, you know, anyway. But I, I want to hold and keep fast what the Lord's telling me. Mm-hmm. And so I went right to our, our dining room table. I went, I went by way of my study, and I grabbed my Bible and, and a concordance, and I went and sat down. That's I just the only delay. I, I didn't get my coffee. I didn't do any of my other routine, checking on the hound dog or any of that other stuff. I went and wrote it down, what the Lord was impressing me. And there was a lot of bird song that morning. And, and this is what I wrote down. As the birds declare the day, so I declare to you the freshness, newness of the day. Behold and take hold of the thing that I do before you. It is life and it is truth. Confirm it by my word. It has been declared from the beginning and it will continue to be declared by my servants. And that's what it was. It just came over and over to me two or three and I wrote it down. It's just like the Lord was patient with me and gave it. And you're saying, well, so what's the big deal? Well, in, in that confirming it by the word, I began to, you know, as this is, as the birds were declaring the day, and I wanted to see just what, what is that about? Because I had already had a sense that it could relate to something about the coming of the Lord. 
And as I looked, I was drawn to it. Was it was kind of strange to me? Very, you know. And there again, I wasn't drawn to the Pauline scriptures, which I, I enjoy preaching and teaching from, and all that. And hey, are going to the prophet Isaiah? No, I was drawn to the Song of Solomon mm. and the Book of Ecclesiastes of all places. And and I was drawn there. In in chapter two, verse ten through thirteen, in in the Song of Solomon. And I'm dropping in the middle here in a chapter, and it says, My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, and my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, and the flowers have already appeared in the land. The time has arrived for pruning of the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove, or some versions will say, the call of the birds or the voice of the, or the sound of the singing of the birds have been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs. The vines in blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. Now, sometime, I don't know when, back, because part of this chapter I had marked and highlighted some things. But over at the side in pencil, I had written right there along verse 11 and 12, we shall all be caught up ever to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, and then as my, as, as my routine usually is, if I'm, if I'm drawn by a reference or something into the middle of a chapter, I usually look then, I go to the opening of the chapter to see what the context is, okay? Mm-hmm. And verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, Song of Solomon's, this is the word I have. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Mm-hmm. And look at verse 4. He has brought me to his banquet table, and his banner over me is love. And then I came over to verse 8. Listen, my beloved. Behold, he is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall, looking through the window, peering through the lattice. My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along and behold. And there again, the winter's past, the rain, and just what we read. Come along, arise and come along. I have that overwhelming sense, the fact that, you know, and I told my wife, Jackie, and you've met her here on, on the Gonzo Bible study. I said, The Lord's coming. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she just lit up, and, I, and you might say, Okay, well, we've been knowing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. In fact, Peter said uh, many were mocking in that day and time. You made mention mm-hmm. of that a moment ago. But Peter said, you know, many were coming saying, well, where is, why, why does your Lord tarry in his coming and, the, and mocking? And, and, of course, we know the scriptures of Peter, John, uh, Brother Paul certainly tells us that in the latter days there's going to be many deceivers and scoffers and teachers having itching ears always probing and looking but never coming to the truth. Mm-hmm. All this kind of thing is happening, is happening. <laughs> and, and, and in that, there's a lot of people who are, and maybe you fit this category, a lot of people who are feeling very vain, empty, uh, feel like, well, you know, what, what's going on? In fact, mm-hmm. my wife was sharing and she was, listening, she was listening to some preaching the other Sunday as I was in my study finalizing and printing off some things for our service that, that was going to happen in a couple hours. And, and she had noted something that, that one of the speakers had said on a program, evangelistic program, that 
that it's been recently found that over 70% of people who are who who identify themselves as evangelical Christians mm-hmm. do not believe now get this do not believe and and you may say well so what but do not believe that the holy spirit is relevant in our day and time now yeah i'm i'm telling you and you think about it that probably explains the deadness of our churches <laughs> you know it may be, it may it may speak to some of the decline going on and, and, and why so many of our uh, denominational things have become so much in the flesh and, and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to be critical here. I really, I'm not. I'm just saying we all, we all become discouraged. And many times, just every day, if you turn the news on, you get very discouraged. We've, we've come to the point where sometimes for several days we, we do not turn the news on because of the news. And the thing about it is when I w- went over – because there was a reference to birds also in Ecclesiastes. And when I went over to the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, and I'll hush in a second and let you, no, you're <laughs> let you probe here. But I found this in verse 10, and moving on there the next couple of verses. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Mm-hmm. For there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Now he's talking about ultimately we all die. In the Old mm-hmm. Testament, there was that understanding of Sheol, the place of the dead. Now, understand something, and I want to, and I say this particularly because of a young lady that shared what a college professor just taught last week at her school. Yeah. Uh, and so, understand something here, because the Bible teaches that in this, in the Old Testament understanding of Sheol, the place of the dead, there was that place where the wicked dead went. Okay, that place ultimately will be emptied out into eternal damnation and what we call hell. Okay, a lot of a lot of scriptures, a lot of Bibles just use the word hell, regardless of this. But now, many of your Bibles that are looking and trying to properly interpret the scriptures from the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic, this is the shale is appropriate term here, mm-hmm. because then also there was that place and Jesus referred to it in the story of Lazarus and the rich man. I believe that's the Gospel of Luke. And it talked about where Lazarus was going to be after he died and where the rich man was going to be, okay? And ultimately, that place where the righteous dead under the old covenant went was referred to as the bosom of Abraham or the upper level of Sheol, a place of confidence and hope in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. You can go to the book of Hebrews. You can go to a number of places and see the Lord himself and others that are referring to the fact that God had not allowed his faithful under the old covenant to slip out of hand or to be left in in limbo, okay? Uh, unfortunately, this is where some sect groups and even denominational groups have developed whole doctrines, yes. okay, that are non-biblical, by the way, non-biblical. Uh, and so, uh, so be, 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 beware, okay, mm-hmm. of that. But nonetheless, here, now... Can I, can I pause just for a second? Ju- jump in While there. you're talking about Shale and getting into that concept of the, the bosom of Abraham and everything, it, for a second, just as a question, just for, for those that are watching and even just for me, right? in your understanding, is it because that there is only one way? Yes. That, that, that those that, although their righteousness yes. was counted to them as faith, and you yes. have those that were under the law considered righteous and all that, but they were still not perfect. 
and they were still only covered by the sacrifices that they made and everything yes. else and obedience. Yeah. That because of what we understand about the New Testament, when it describes Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, there you go. that until his sacrifice, no man could come before the Father directly. Exactly. I believe you said that well, and I was trying to find a, a reference here that would help us in that. Uh, probably more Pauline. I was looking back here to Peter, but... But we have that in the scriptures. You could easily look that up. Um, and, and like I said, we're not prepared. I don't know what he's going to ask me <laughs> and all that kind of stuff either. But the fact of the matter is when, when the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ on the cross is described and spoken of to us, right. it always refers to the fact that this is part of God's work from the foundation of the world. Right. Um, in fact, I really, I really do want to put my finger on that. Let me see here. It just, it, you know, it, yes. while he's looking that up, yes. it just, it struck me as, as Pastor Clark was talking, mm -hmm. that when we, well, how can there be, you know, how is it that when there, these people were called away or these people died and were or ascended and, and and all that, that God didn't let them into heaven? Well, the fact of the matter is, is one of the things that Jesus proved in his ministry is mm -hmm. that the law unto itself is insufficient to salvation exactly that was there was a necessity for god to send part of himself in human form to the earth to be the perfect sacrifice to be exactly. the perfect covering and we need to grasp hold of that that we're not talking about a god that changed the parameters of the agreement no, no. the fact of the matter was no. is that fallen things and fallen covering cannot produce a, a redeemed person, you exactly. know, because you have to remember everything on this planet became fallen when 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 sin entered the world. All of creation is it was fallen, and it is fallen. Excuse and so, me. even the sacrifices that are made of the unblemished lamb and all these all the uh, you know getting as pure of animal as you can to take and be sacrificed at the temple, all of these things though are still subject to the curse. And it took a perfect Christ, exactly. and it took a perfect Savior to be a perfect sacrifice Amen. to provide life. Amen. Amen. And, and and that's how. And then after that point, once Christ came, and I've, I, you know, I believe we could comfortably say, based on the, what the Scripture says, those that were in the upper elsewhere of Shiloh have been allowed to join exactly. the ranks of heaven. Exactly. And and the thing is, Paul Paul there in Ephesians talks about that that when he when he paid the perfect sacrifice on the cross to understand that he he went and took captivity captive those who had been held that was the term mm -hmm. the terminology there had been held if you were will captivity in what was referred to as the bosom of abraham mm -hmm. they they were being held until that day when the perfect sacrifice yep. and so it says what is it that he first descended before he ascended on high he took captivity captive many have asked well we all didn't understand what that was referring yeah. to. And, of course, Peter talks about the fact that he preached to the souls in hell. And, and you know, he confirmed everything that he did with those who had already pledged themselves under righteousness yes. and, and the covering of blood, you see. And then when perfect blood was spilt for on their behalf, they were all yes and amen about that, you see. And and now Peter did say in First First Peter chapter 1, Picking up in verse 17, when it refers to how the Father judges impartially, he says then that we're to conduct ourselves in fear and reverence, 
during the time of our stay on earth, and the terminology there is that we're sojourning here. We're just passing through. You know, you, I know you get a lot of stuff on TV, movies, and otherwise that mm-hmm. say, well, what about life? And you get these, these, these overly paid celebrities that if someone will then ask them universal questions and deep spiritual things. Well, what do you think? Is there life after death? Well, no, I don't think. And, and one even responded, I just saw that recently, said, well, I really think we're going to become animals. Okay, well, anyway, let's see what the Word of God said. Yeah, yeah, honestly, honest to Pete. It, I heard that just this just, week. Just but to put a pin right there for a second. The terrifying part about that, <laughs> what separates us from all other creatures on this pla- on this planet, Yeah, according to Scripture? Well, it's a soul. A soul. So you're saying you're going to go from a, from a human being that has a soul, and your next thing is you're going you're gonna to cease to be yourself and become an animal. Yeah. yeah you're going to cease to have a soul. Yeah. So you're talking about the eradication of who you actually are. Well, yeah. Your spirit man is going to vanish, and you're going to become a cockroach. Well, there you go. Well, it's it, it's all part. Anyway, of the, sorry, yeah, sorry yeah. that's a that's a that's a yeah. Well, well you know, lie. for some reason, if you get paid a lot of money, people want to listen to what you have to say about life, and sadly, a lot of people don't know any more about life or death or, or eternality. Mm-hmm. other than what they last made a mark of back in school or in mm-hmm. childhood. And that's a shame. That is a shame. That's a shame. Uh, because, you know, the Word of God says we've got to grow up. Yes. We've got to grow and grow in His Spirit. And I think th- there again, to get back into point, I yeah, think yeah, right yeah, on yeah. point, yeah. is the fact that even so as you see the days appearing, this is what Peter's saying, we conduct ourselves because our stay on this earth is a transitional one. Yep. We're just passing through, okay? And he says, knowing that you were not, now remember what, remember what Robert said just a moment ago, remembering you were not redeemed with perishable things yep. like silver and gold in your futile way of life that you inherited from your forefathers. Yep. Okay, what we inherited from our forefathers was sin. We we're born in sin. Yep. We we're condemned by sin. Yep. We we're lost in sin, okay? Yep. And that's the best we can do because, and ultimately, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, chose to transgress the Word of God and the, the boundary of God. Now, God ultimately gave them, as they came to Him repentant, He gave them a covering, literally, of skin. Mm-hmm. You see, at that because before that, everything was open. And I believe they were even luminous beings, if you will. Mm -hmm. They were so pure that they had open fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. When that was lost, when that was lost, through through their transgression there with the law, uh, with with the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, Mm -hmm. they they picked up the lie that the serpent gave them. Well, you're like gods. You can be like God. You know, you can start declaring things like God would declare. Yeah, all that foolishness there openly led to what the first murder openly led to all the rest of the sin and we've been trying to apologize and excuse our sin ever since now some men as we see back in genesis some men like seth began to build altars and worship before the lord Mm -hmm. and so praise god for that the seth line the canite line choose to sin choose to continue in sin to distract themselves from what God was doing, and so forth. And, and this is, begins a whole thing here. But listen, he said, 
we're not redeemed, we're not excused, we're not forgiven by anything we inherited from our forefathers, okay? You can't, you can't come to faith in Christ because your grandma had faith in Christ. Now, her faith in Christ, I pray, was a testimony to you of mm -hmm. faithfulness and obedience to God yeah. and that you would want to follow in that because, like Paul said, I'm following after Christ, so follow me. Right. You see, moving in the right direction is a good place, a good direction to move in, okay? But he says, but rather in verse 19 there, 1 mm -hmm. Peter chapter 1, but with precious blood, mm -hmm. as of a lamb unblenished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Just to make it clear, no bones there. No, that This is clearly who he's speaking about. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world mm -hmm. and has appeared in these last days for the sake of you. So now, Robert, there you go. Yep. There you go. For, and that's one of the many references of that foreknowledge of God. Exactly. Yeah. It was God's plan all along. All along. And for those, you know, I my, I literally banged my head into my, against my microphone a minute ago when you <laughs> yeah, talk about 70% of the New Testament fellowship want to say that there's oh. no, no necessity or don't believe the Holy Spirit moves. Two verses down, 1 Peter. Yep. Look okay. at it here, right here. It says, and okay. since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit, you ah. have been purified in your hearts. For the sin, uh, excuse me, excuse me. For the sincere affection of the brethren, right. see that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. Yeah, amen. It establishes that the only way to have a pure heart, even the the basic thing to to be able to love people, comes through the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. We understand. <laughs> And and the you know and we talk about this letter of letter of, of Peter. That's right. Let's talk about Peter for a second because okay. what happens at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What happened? What when they ran out into the streets and were accused of being drunkards? Right. Who was it that stood up and just right. gave a gospel account and saw the saw thousands of people, hundreds, and then thousands of people come to the Lord within such a short time period? It is, it, it is not because of who Peter was, because who was Peter? Who was he? I don't know him. I don't know him. I've never, I don't know who that man is. In the flesh, he's a coward. In the spirit, in the, in the fullness of the spirit, he is a bold practitioner of the word. Yes. And see, that's what we have to understand. Yeah. Who who is who is Robert Clark without the Holy Spirit? Right. Well, he's an a hole. And you don't believe me? There's enough people in my past that can vouch for it. Without the Holy Spirit, I would not be sitting here talking about the Word of God. I would not be sitting in a church right now in the middle of the in the middle of the week preparing a preparing a podcast like this. Who, who is Richard Clark without the Holy Spirit, without the Word of God? Well, he would have been a soldier. Possibly not even alive this, today, knowing what, what loomed over our world back then. You know, who are, who are we without the Holy Spirit and without the workings of, the, of God in our lives? That's a dangerous place to stand. And how dare we, as the church, 
promote an ideology that is apart from the word of God. Because I tell you what, if you can read through the New Testament and not believe in the Holy Spirit, you got a redacted Bible. Yes. Yeah. That's a dangerous document. Yes. Yes. A redacted Bible is not, I mean, if you can read through the New Testament and, and not see the Holy Spirit, that means your New Testament has about 30 words in it. Yeah, um, no good, no good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I can't say it any other yeah. way than that. Like, especially once you get past the Gospels, once you start with Acts, from Acts on, if you think there is no Holy Spirit, that means you condense all of those books down to about thirty or forty words, because the Holy Spirit is saturated throughout this word. It, 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 this is a this is a Holy Spirit text, right? In fact, you have to you have to redact whole whole parcels of the old testament if you don't believe in the holy spirit well that's right that's exactly right <laughs> and the revelation yeah. of that well that, that's but exactly, let's get back exactly. to what let's yeah. get back to the revelation of the spirit that that, that god has given you uh, the the fascinating thing about the what you wrote um and 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 if with your permission we may even put that on our website the the, the actual it's the, tra- I mean, the transcript yeah, because the, i believe it was something the, the lord was written for us wanted all of us to 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 take heart at right Yes. Is the is life. Yes. It starts by it, you start there by just as the birds are heralding the day. So my word and my spirit are, are heralding a, a message yes. of life to yes. you, bringing life. Because you see, that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about being redeemed, when we talk about being having souls and spirit men that are going to live for eternity. Yes. It's not because we desire immortality. It's because we know that when you're in the presence of God, there is nothing but life. Yes. Life is what the result of presence and walking with God is. Because yeah. even after Adam got kicked out of the garden, he still lived 950-something years based on what we can right. agra- grain from his scriptures. That's I right. Mean, the fact of the matter was you couldn't take the life out of the man. It had to drain from him. Right. It had because he was so saturated with the presence of God. That's right. Look at look at Moses who stood yes. before God and became luminous. The account there is he, yes. he literally was glowing yes. when yes. he came off the mountain. Glowing in the presence. Look of how Lord. look how much life had to go out of him before he was permitted to yes. be put to rest. Mhm. That's just it. It's it's when you get filled with the spirit, when you get filled with the truth, it you know. Was, yeah. was, you we've, look heard, at, we've heard of many meetings where the glory of God became so thick yes. in the place. Uh, I've been in a few of those occurrences, just very few, because sadly to say, they don't happen as often as we'd like to see them happen. Hmm. But uh, especially in mass meetings. But when the Spirit of God would move like a rain across an auditorium oh. or in a worship service where suddenly it becomes so luminous, where the glory of God just begins to shine on people. Yes. And there's just a glow. Some have said that's e- that, that could even be the Shekinah glory of God that just becomes all of a sudden apparent to mm-hmm. people. Uh, yeah. That his presence is so thick that people are saying yes, 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 so much. Yes, and, uh, you know, on one of the uh, one of the college campuses away from Ashbury, young lady going in the evening. Now, this is something, uh, you know, <laughs> during during the times of break and everything, we don't we don't hear about young people doing this. We hear about all the sinfulness, right, and all the all the debauchery and all. But but here's a young lady that goes to a prayer meeting. 
-hmm. in the campus chapel. Okay, and of course, there's not a lot of campuses that have even have a chapel anymore. But, and and anyway, and and goes to start just worshiping and praying to the Lord and mm -hmm. worshiping. I think they had some music playing or something. And the next thing you know, there's over a hundred people in a tent. God just brought yes young people together, and then it goes to it's spread on and gone from one state to another. So mm -hmm. I pray that even this day, it's it's moving out yep. and moving. I, I'm, I'm praying it will start striking the churches uh, because I'm thankful mm -hmm. that it's moving. And it's interesting because the Ashbury School has a history of being founded by one of the Wesley brothers mm. who were part of the Great Awakening in this country. Yeah. And I think the Lord's honoring the place where prayer and a place where the fear of the Lord had resided for many, oh, many yes. generations. Oh yes, and it was even it was even one of the one of the recorded spots during the Jesus Revolution, Amen. which great film. If you have a moment to see it, I recommend it. Yes. But uh, it, but it's you know even Ashbury in the seventies. There's photographs Amen. that have oh, come out. It was one of the main oh, locations okay, there as that. well during that Praise movement that was that a revival sprung out of as well. So here, like you said, there are places okay, there I are these there are these places where people have continuously come yes. to pray yes. and they've come to to be in the presence of God. You Amen. see, are you going to do a review? By the way, are you going to do? A yeah, review I'm going to do a review on on the, on the Jesus Revolution. Okay, okay um, good. It, yeah. uh, it, Excellent movie. Uh, well, I'll talk about that more. I'll be looking Super. for that. I'm going to do a brief review Very soon. Um, but we have to understand that a lot of times, especially, especially my generation and the more, and, and the, the newer generation that we, we are starting to look at how church has been done for so long, because like Pastor Clark said, we have seen such a long period of time where it seems that, that there, that the, or the institution of church has been blocking the moving of the spirit. And so we're starting to assess so and say, is. why? Why isn't it that every time we come together and every time we're, we're gathering together, we're not experiencing this? And like I said before, I believe it's because people aren't coming expectant of the spirit. Um, right. But it's also just the yeah, fact that, you true. know, and, and so one of the things that my generation is also questioning is, well, what's the whole, what's the big deal about the 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 construct of church as far as the big, the building itself. Why is the building so important? Like, why do we need to come to church? Why can't we just worship wherever? Well, we're two or more gathered. Crod said he'll be in the midst he'll of it. He'll be in the midst. But what we do need to understand is when a spot, when a location is continuously filled with the praise yes. of his people, Good. when a when the, when the when a single location has continuously been faithful to the word of God yes. and been filled with the spirit, that place becomes sanctified. And Amen. it becomes a place Amen. where people can come expect it exactly. because i tell you what you don't you don't just walk into a random convenience store expecting the holy spirit now he can appear to you there and he can he can give you revelation in yes. the middle of a convenience store but i tell you what your heart and mind typically arrives at a church if you're in the word and that's what you're what you're after it will it, you go to a church expecting to praise expecting to worship, expecting to be in the presence of God. Yes. And, and that's why churches are important. And to hear important. from the Lord. And that's to hear exactly from the right. Lord. And to yes. grow in the Lord. And to be educated in the word of the Lord. And to be a part of discipleship. That's why the building and the institution of church is important. The Iglesia is the people called apart. 
the right. church, the koinonia, the, yes. the brotherhood, the, 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 the living life together is what the church is. But we use the institution as a place to gather. Yes. Because, you know, when I go over to mom and dad's house, it's mom and dad's house. I don't always expect to be going to receive from the word in Revelation, although we often end up there well, because we, of who yeah. we are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, when I go to mom and dad's house, I'm going for a good meal and fellowship and to see mom and dad. And like, That's right. Here's my kids. Like, you know. yeah. It's family. <laughs> it's family. It's family. But I tell you yeah. what, when, when my father and I show up in a church, we're expecting to hear from the Lord. Amen. When we step That's into a right. pulpit, we're expecting. <laughs> you, you want a little behind the scenes? Dad and I both, and, and I've inherited a good portion of that from my father and a, and a different kind of portion from my pastor about preparing for a sermon and what that looks like. And I've done my due diligence and I walk into the pulpit and I have my notes. And of course, I always have more notes than you can possibly get through in a single <laughs> sermon. Uh, that comes from dad. But then what gets exciting is when God says, nah do this instead because that's when I know the spirit is just, there's no Robertism about it. Yeah. There's no, this is going to be pure spirit and I'll, and I'll have to sometimes. And and if I'm honest, I've preached sermons and I've had to go go back and watch it because I have not a single clue of a single word I've said. Yeah. I don't know what I just said. I just delivered what the Lord had me deliver. And I've gone back and, and watched it. It happened. It happened when I guess when I guess uh, filled the pulpit for Pastor Clark. Yes. Not this past year. Yes. I stepped into the pulpit with an entire sermon. Him and I even laughed about and talked about some of the illustrations I was going to make yep. and and I had a word prepared and and it was it was a good word. It was a word that we ended up making a podcast out of later. But the right. fact of the matter was, right. it wasn't the word that the people needed from the Spirit that day. And so God said, "Don't even open your notes." I want you to go to this chapter and this verse, and I want you to just preach that. Yep. Or he's put yep. me in the pulpit, and he said, "You know what? We're just going to read yep. this whole chapter today, and that's it. I just want you to read this chapter yep. and get out the get out of the there pulpit. There you go, and get out of the way. Get, get out, out of the, the way. way of get out of the way of the yep. word. It's a it, simple truth. It, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily pound people with or no, 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 or, no, or spend half the day at it. But the thing about it is, you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, and that's it. That's it. And you, you put a period on it, and you step away because God may have something else that's coming right on. And so you're not going to try to help God out. You just want to be <laughs> obedient to God. That's, that's why right. he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the gathering of yourselves together as it is a habit of some. You see, we've gotten to be in a day where even a lot of folks that call themselves Christian have gotten in the habit of not being in the house of the Lord, yeah. not having their children. In, in, in Christian education and in Christian upbringing, not having their families or the hearing of the murder or being exposed to worship of God. Some of them don't even know some of the some of the popular courses of the day. It's been so long since they've been in the house of the Lord. Because he says this, but encouraging one another. How can you encourage someone that you're not even in worship with? Mm-hmm. How can you be encouraged, dear friend? How can you be? And it shouldn't be that we always have that we should always come to church needing to be encouraged or looking for ourselves to be lifted up, but we need to come ready to sharpen someone else's iron, you That's know, right. ready to That's encourage right. someone, be a Barnabas to someone else, you know? Right. That's a very important, he says, and all the more. Now this is part back to some of that urgency yeah. that I felt in that 
we call maybe call it a simple message, but to me, <laughs> I'm not sure how simple it is because I believe there's still more there right. to be brought out. Yes. I really do. Well, but he says, and all the more as you see the day approaching. As mm-hmm. we see the coming of the there again. Yeah. It was like the Lord was saying to me, just like you've got just like you've awakened this morning hearing the birds outside. Mm-hmm. And they were. And, and if you're blessed enough to have a bunch of birds around, you know, maybe in some trees near the house or something, it's, a, it's wonderful to hear, if you ever focus in on that, to hear the song, to hear the bird song, to hear all the carrying on that's going on. And, and it can be really, I mean, sometimes it can almost be disturbing depending on how many different species you got out your window, you know. Or sometimes after a rain, the whole yard's covered maybe with blackbirds or something all pulling for worms, but... You know, and then you wonder, my goodness, you know, almost like a herd of small buffalo or something. But nonetheless. Thanks, Hitchcock. Huh? Thanks, Hitchcock, for Thank messing you. that up for us all. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, that's something that's mentioned numerous times through Scripture, just the things of nature. Jesus referred to the things in nature mm-hmm. because all of that declares the wondrous works of God. That's right. So, you know, we've got to come together because – Otherwise, we're not being that ecclesia. We're not yeah. being that fellowship drawn. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of risk there because people are people. You know? Yes. People are people. And we're, gonna, yeah. we're not always going to congeal like we ought to. Yeah. But if we're willing to discover our spiritual gifts, if we're willing to be operational, because, you know, over there in 1 Corinthians 12 and all, the Bible speaks to us about how, God has given us the abilities and the endowment of gifts in the Holy Spirit. You see, that's mm-hmm. I think where a lot of people want to deny these things is because they're too lazy to get in there and discover what God yep. has for them. Well, that's the truth. I, you know, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. I know I, it fits me. There's been a lot of times that maybe I should turn the television off or I should be rather being more diligent in the Word and be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as to what I need to do and who I need to be. You see, because it comes down to that. It comes down to that. And, you know, Peter, when he raises that discussion about the scoffer saying, well, where is the coming of your Lord? You know, why is he tarried? You know, <laughs> I have an answer. Okay, because? For you. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's right. why he tarries. That's, amen. He tarries because he wants as many people to hear the truth as possible. Amen. That's a good word. That's, I mean, that's why he tarries. Amen. He's tarrying because he wants you to grasp hold of the reality Amen. that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. That's why he tarries. Because no if he came back him. today, someone you love would not be in heaven. That's right. If he came back today, you, if you haven't made a decision... Don't get to come along for the That's ride. Right. God would have it that no man should perish, Peter goes on to say, but that all should come into forgiveness, that all should come into that redemption by the precious blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And I pray that would be a decision you make, and then you'll find yourself being led of that spirit that then will live within your heart. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. Yeah. And, and let God's, then let God lead you in life that's that is the reason we're here yes that that's the reason well that's just the reason we're here because we want to just give you an encouraging word yeah 
It's that easy. It's that simple. Have a good day. God bless you.